the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560, The Answer. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's edition of Black and Right on AM560 Answer. I am your host, John Anthony, and joining me today is my guest co-host, is a good friend, a brother. Uh, it was so funny that um, back in 2008, we were at the Illinois Republican Convention in Peoria, and we, we, if, if, you, if you're black conservative, you know what I'm talking about. You walk into a room, you don't see many of us. And you see one and your eyes just light up and you look at he's we looked at it just like, oh, hey, hey, and we screamed and we ran over. He said, we go. We, I said, we, he says, whoa, what are you doing here? I said, I'm a Republican. He said, well, I am, too. And that had that he's been a friend ever since then. Anthony Anderson, not that Anthony Anderson on the uh, that show, that, you know, blackish show. This Anthony Anderson is, is, is so much better. Anthony, welcome to Black and Right, brother. Uh, thank you very much. John. Uh, nice hear from you again. And of course, as always, thanks for the opportunity. Hey, no problem, man. Do you remember that 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 two thousand and eight? I believe it was two thousand and eight Illinois Republican Convention. You and I yes, saw each other. Absolutely. Yes, so, absolutely. We ran into each other, and, and I saw you. And you saw me. It, it was uh, like you said at that time. Probably not as true today as it was then. Yeah. At that time, we could uh, fit every black Republican in the state of Illinois <laughs> in a phone booth. You know, but it was what it was. You know. Yeah, <laughs> that is so true. And and I mean, and you know, uh, we, we're going to talk about this later. Uh, because we, I mean, we got a we got a jam packed show um, today. We're going to be talking to a congressional candidates, um, a, a young rising star that I believe is is coming up in the in the GOP and and the conservative movement. C.J. Pearson, uh, Deontay Johnson, president of Black um, Black Conservative Federation. We're going to be um, talking with Thomas Thomas Devora. We're going to get an update about what's going on with the um, Darren Bailey case and the surprise visit from the Department of Justice, and then we're going to end it all with a, a guy I've, I've got a chance to talk to. Uh, i got a ch- chance to talk to some of his team members. Uh, I want to thank Catherine, Catherine Ballard from Reopen Illinois for making a connection. Anthony Del Medico, uh, he's, he's with E-Square. It was, he's going to be doing, he, he's putting on the rally with Reopen Illinois on Memorial Day. Uh, right down near by the um, Buckingham Fountain. So I'm really excited about this show. I'm excited about having my buddy, uh, Anthony Anderson. Um, before before I turn it over to you to just, just tell people who Anthony Anderson is, uh, I want to give a shout-out to the Freedom Rallies that's going on in Yorkville and Shorewood. Uh, we got we got a lot of patriots out there still pushing back and fighting back to maintain and to make sure that our rights are not being violated. So, Anthony Anderson, talk to the people. Who is Anthony Anderson, son? I should well, say. I, well, I've been around for I've been around Republican politics for a while now, probably more than twenty twenty five plus years, and uh, I've seen a lot of things over time. Uh, I grew up in Chicago, right on the west side there. Well, I'm a hometown boy. Went to Lane Tech, 
Right after Lane Tech, I went straight to the military. I went to the uh, United States Marine Corps, a Desert Storm, Desert Shield veteran. Uh, from there, I left there. I went to the uh, Department of Dire Juvenile Justice, Department of Corrections. I was in there for about 27 years now. I've been working for the department for 27 years. Uh, coming up on my retirement, for sure. And so, you know, it's been, it's been a lifestyle. And I've been working on certain campaigns all over the country. And also, I was the former uh, state director for an organization you probably heard of, the, the Convention of States. Yes. And, and, and it, was, it, was pretty, it was pretty fun. It was nice. Uh, again, uh, I was the former state director for uh, probably three or four years. Yeah, I would. I, I know, know that. Be, I, I know that, Anthony, because you you came down to Springfield and you got me to vote. What I think it was one of the bills and signed on to another. Remember that? Yes, yes. HJR sixty one was one of the resolutions that we had down there. There were probably three in total, but we were able to get uh, a, a good good amount of support from both Democrats and Republicans on the, the resolution. It was pretty solid. As a matter of fact, we passed out a committee. Eight zero, which is you know is hard to do down in Springfield, especially oh, with a, a Democrat supermajority. And on top of that, you know, uh, you know, even to get a bill like that out of rules is even you know that's a graveyard for for, for uh, all sorts of uh, uh, bills and resolutions. So, but we were able to manage to get the uh, the resolution out of uh, committee, the rules committee and executive committee, but we never got it to the floor for a full vote. So, you know, but it was it was a good learning experience. We was able to meet a bunch of legislators that I haven't met before. And we had a lot of support from both the Chicago legislators and, and downstate. But I do appreciate the time that we were down there, you know, meeting everybody. And, and, and I think that it's important that most people, if not all people, get a chance to go down to Springfield, meet your legislators. Uh, and, 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 you know, your voice is, is a big voice down in Springfield. Legislators actually like to see you and want to be, a, a, you know, an engaged citizenry. So I would, I would tell everyone, if you haven't got a chance to uh, go back to Springfield, go to Springfield, period. I think it's about high time that you guys go down there to Springfield and meet with your legislators and, uh, you know, just see what's going on. Yeah. Period. And, and, and I would agree. And, and wouldn't you say that what I think this JCAR emergency ruling that was filed by the governor, uh, didn't that really show the power of the electorate and just how much power is in the voice uh, of, of a voter? And because because what happened that didn't happen because the, the governor just, you know, gave up. No, it, no, he gave up because the people rose up and said, enough. We are not going to allow you to just completely run roughshod over who we are. We are still Americans. And, and wouldn't you say that that's that, that people coming and, 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 and pushing back against this trial run of socialism? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that was one of the more pivotal moments in, in what, in what it was a thing that, uh, that pushed us over the edge. Not to mention the fact that, you know, there were media reports that, you know, the governor had his family down in, in, in uh, Florida uh -oh. and up in Wisconsin. He's getting his homework on by Illinois contractors. So it's like, hey, listen, governor, I mean, we, we want to do what you say. We're not, we're not serfs, but at some point, you know, you have to uh, say enough is enough. And you can't say one thing and do another. So, But that was one of the pivotal moments in, in, in Illinois history where people yeah. were just rising up and saying, okay, we, we've had enough. We've been on lockdown now since around March 23rd. There is now May, May, what, May 23rd today, I guess. May 20, yeah. Yeah, 23rd today. Today's the 23rd, Two months yeah. later. Yeah, today's the 23rd. And, and now he was saying that, you know, well, this may take a little bit longer. When we're in phase two. We're moving into phase three. And we have to find a cure for a disease. Wait a second. Wait a second. Oh, we're my God. <laughs> Los Angeles put us out like another five months from now. It's, it's impossible. People yeah. have to live in this country. And so, you know, we, we'll get through it, but... At some point, like I said, enough is enough. And I think the people rose up and they said, uh, Governor, 
Uh, we applaud you for your leadership, but at this point, we think that uh, we should go in a different direction at this point. And, and, and I think I think the bigger problem is the moving of the goalposts, right? I mean, you just said yeah. uh, basically we can't fully reopen until there's a va- va- vaccine that's available. Well, that's moving the goalposts because originally, right. I think everybody was okay. Everybody was like, "Yeah, you know what? Come together. We can make. We can fight this. We can beat this. We can destroy this." But then the, the goal, as we were still rah rah, and you know we really weren't paying attention to what was happening behind the scenes, and and they, the goal post just slightly kept moving. Well, and, moving. And, I, and I think, and I think, John, honestly, I think they were not only moving the goal post, they were moving a whole field. It's like, wait a second, you guys, now we're ter- now we're almost playing the same game, but under a way different set of rules. And so, and under those circumstances and the conditions we find ourselves in today, you know, with twenty plus million Americans being out of work, it's like you know, people have to live still. People have to live, yeah. and with that being said, you know, um, you know, well, let's let's take the proper precautions. But at some point, we have to open this country back up. We have to open the state back up for the people's sake. Right. For the people's sake, we have to open up the state. Right. And, and and I mean, you know, I don't know if this has happened to you, but when you make that comment, especially if you make that comment on social media, you get shamed into you want Granny to die. You want such as you want your family members to die. I'm, we're doing this. This is about everybody. We're all in. Yeah, no. If if if, yeah. if 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 Granny wants to stay home, let's keep Granny home. Let's protect those people who are most vulnerable to this virus. Let's protect them. Right. I've said this till I was blue in the face. And then to hear that the numbers may be fudged, and I mean, it's just it's just, it's so many variables that 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 are happening. And then when you call it out, you get shunned immediately because you know that's what happens in socialism. The the, the loudest voices get quieted quicker and faster, right? Absolutely, John. And you hit the nail right on the head here. There's nothing more than, than treating people humanely, especially under the conditions we find ourselves in today. There's no one out here, I don't think, that wants to, you know, intentionally inflict harm upon anyone. And so when, when, when so many statements are made by our officials like, like Lightfoot or our Governor Pritzker, I think that they're assuming that uh, everyone has bad intentions in, in mind. And so, therefore, let's assume that, you know, they don't know what's best for them. And I think that's, that was another tipping point when people were like, enough is enough. Enough is enough. I mean, again, I would take the proper precautions, but I have not only myself in mind, but my family and everyone around me in the state of Illinois. Yeah. And so there's no, I don't have any problems with, you know, making the, the, the proper uh, make contacts or making taking the proper uh, precautions yeah. in order for us to move forward as, I agree. A state, as a state. There you go. My buddy, Anthony Anderson. Hey, why you're, listen. While you're watching the show, while you're listening to the show in your car, wherever you are today, right now, if you're on social media, please share this link. Please share this. If you go to Black and White Radio, at Black and White Radio, you can share this post. Get his, Share it and send it to as many people as possible. You're listening to Black and White on AM560 Answer. I'm John Anthony. Follow me at Facebook and Twitter at J. Anthony Speaks. That's Facebook and Twitter at J. Anthony Speaks. Interact with us. Tell us what you think of the show or what you want us to talk about. Hey, Coming up, we're going to be talking to Pennsylvania 8th Congressional Candidate Earl Granville. We'll be right back. Black and Right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right. I'm your host, John Anthony, joined today by my good friend, guest co-host, Anthony Anderson. Anthony, welcome to Black and Right, buddy. Thanks, John. Thank you very much. You having fun yet? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Always. (laughs) 
you know, I, I, I love talking to people who are running for office, uh, especially those first time people that are running for office who who do who, who are doing this out of love for country. Um, I was so happy when a friend of mine, Jameson Sharp, caught, contacted me and said, hey, I got somebody I need you to interview for me. Um, he's, uh, he's he's out of Illinois, but I really think you're going to be really impressed by him. Um, he told me he said he's a he's a decorated combat veteran. Uh, who's running because he loves this country. Uh, I, I don't want to take any time. Um, eighth congressional, out of Pennsylvania, eighth congressional candidate, Earl Granville. Welcome to Black and Right. How you doing? Thank you so much for having me, John. Hey, no problem. Hey, anytime Jameson tells me to put somebody on, I got to put him on. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> good dude right there, man. He got a good friend. Yeah, and, and, and when he told me about your story and about who you were, um, I, I want you to just tell a, a brief, you know, give give us give us about a minute about who Earl Granville is and why why should people send Earl Granville to to Congress from the eighth congressional district in Pennsylvania? Absolutely. So, John, I'm born and raised in just outside of Scranton, Pennsylvania, and my twin brother and I, Joe, we joined the military right out of high school. While we were in basic training in Fort Benning, Georgia, to become infantrymen, uh, the horrible acts of 9-11 happened. So this wasn't about colleges for fighting for something, fighting for our country right here. And uh, Joe and I, we deployed to Bosnia together. We volunteered for Iraq. Both re-upped both re- their contracts over there. Then I, lo- I volunteered for Afghanistan and lost my leg from a roadside bomb. Wow. Got my re- went through rehab, got my independence back. Life was good. Moved back to Pennsylvania out of, from Walter Reed RP Medical Center. More tragedy happened. My twin brother, Staff Sergeant Joe Granville, while he was on active duty, he took his own life. Oh. Heavy times, ladies and gentlemen. You know, and that, oh. you know, losing my leg was easy. Losing my brother was just, it just destroyed me. Yeah. So this brought me for you know, to get over these, uh, these horrible circumstances. You know, I saw myself volunteering quite a bit in my community and working for charities and nonprofits that help women and disabled veterans, uh, just like myself, find their purpose once again, not letting their disability define who they are. And I started doing it in my backyard, also working at the soup kitchen, just to get my mind at ease. And I realized I don't need a uniform to serve my country. I'm doing it right here in my backyard. And that brings me here today. You know, being a leader in my community for, for a little while now, I, I see some of the issues we're faced with, and I thought I'd just put myself forward to this blue-collar area of northeastern Pennsylvania and uh, with my ideas of helping make this place, of, you know, my own backyard a better place to live. Wow. Now, John, what, what type of support are you getting from the uh, local uh, Republican Party in your district? Well, so far, it's been pretty good. Uh, I've been got some support from the local Republicans here and the local GOPs, and it's very well. They try not to get too involved in it because we still have primaries right now, but uh, oh. the support from the people has been amazing right now, and it's a... Uh, you know, I, we have a few carpetbaggers that try to come in here and take this district over. But my name ID and just the work I've done in the community, you're going to see my service in, in, in this community and society here in Scranton, Pennsylvania. It crosses party lines, and I'm the one that's going to take out Matt Cartwright in, in the general election. As always. And I'll tell you right now, just from, from experience, uh, it, it helps to have a formidable grassroots operation in place uh, because in the end, the grassroots are going to be the one to push you over the top against any candidate, especially an incumbent candidate and, and, a, and, a, and a primary that you may be uh, uphill battles in, for sure. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And uh, I'm a long, like, long um, resident here in the 8th District of Pennsylvania. And uh, like I said, I'm well-known in the community, and this is going to help me move forward and, and uh, just make this you know, northeastern Pennsylvania better, you know, 
what hey, what it is right now. Hey, hey, Earl, I I, I hear that you um some, some members of the Trump um clan um you had conversations with them. How did that go? Um, not not a whole lot of uh, chatting with them, but what I did have with them, you know, I have support with the NRCC. Uh, 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 House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy has already given uh, endorsed me as well. I'm on the Young Guns program. Oh wow! Other moving forward, we have a lot of we have a lot of momentum here uh, with these primaries coming up, and it looks like I'm going to be the candidate to take uh, to, to take on Matt Cartwright in the general election. And so far, it's been very very good here. Now, have you had some recent polling? Uh, any data on, on the polls and where you at in regards to this this race? I have. We have not gotten polling yet. Um, we will have polling coming up soon, from my understanding here, and I'm looking forward to seeing it right now because the support from not just D.C. but also here in my backyard is, is both very high. Hey, 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 Earl. So, what, what what differentiates you from the other veterans that are running in this primary? What what makes Earl Granville stand out and, and to to the voters? Like I said before, you know, unfortunately, the other veterans they're not from this area. They carpet bagged in here and just. My line of work within the community, even right now during this COVID crisis that we're dealing with, I'm, I'm working at soup kitchens like, uh, you know, uh, and, and food pantries like Five Loaf uh, House in uh, Pocono Pines in Monroe County and Dinner for, Dinners for Kids program in Luzerne County, uh, just uh, right in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. I'm continuing to be an asset through these difficult times, continuing to serve. And that's what makes me stand out from all these other uh, candidates here. And I, I want to make it known here. I don't want to go to D.C. and just be another politician in a power suit. I want to go to wow. D.C. and continue to be a servant here in northeastern Pennsylvania. Yes. Now, just, just, just for argument's sake, uh, John, well, what is the, uh, the demographics in your, in your, in your congressional district, if you, if you know? I'm, did you say John or Earl? Earl. He's talking to you, Earl. Earl. I'm sorry, Earl. What is the, demogra- the demographic breakdown? What's the demographic breakdown? Well, a majority of the, of the people here, um, it seems like they're they're running on the Democrat our, our Democrats here. And last year, uh, last election here, we uh, I've noticed that you know we, we had another uh, gentleman come in who I voted for named John Trin, and then he came oh, yeah. in here not being from the area, not not being from the area. And uh, you know, I I appreciated uh, Mr. Trin very much. I definitely voted for him. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think it took notice it took notice that he's not from the area. Now the county I grew up in, in Lackawanna County. This is a heavy Democratic area, all right? And this is, the vote, this is where we need the, Republic, the votes in the general election. And I can sway these voters. Yeah. My other candidates can't because some of them aren't even from the area, let alone in Lackawanna County. So, so Earl, what is the message? What is the message? I, 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 I talked with Jameson. He said he believes that message is you, you can bring the community hope. I mean, when you, look at, when you look at what's happening with jobs, the economy, the taxes, um, what's happening over there, because it sounds like a real blue-collar community. Is your message hope, and how do you plan to go to D.C. and bring that hope back to the 8th Congressional? Well, like I said before, uh, after I got out of the Army, I found myself working for many, many charities, Operation Enduring Warrior, uh, the Oscar Mike Foundation, Warrior Strong, and bringing some of these charities, which are nationwide, but right here helping people from these charities right here in my backyard. And what I've noticed with these charities is the power of what a tight community can do. Now, in these difficult times we're faced with, you know, unfortunately, some of these small businesses, they don't know if they're going to last. And these come up, these are, yeah, people have family that feeds, and this is their livelihood. And I'm encouraging people to hope, of, of hope, 
the power of us coming together of what a tight community and a society mm. can do. Yeah. We see this horrible d- divide right now, uh, not just in D.C. The divide in D.C. also makes our citizens divided as yes. well yes. across the country. And there's something, I, like I said, in these charities, there is no party line when it comes to us working together. And I have the ability to do that. And I will do that, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, there you have it. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Earl Granville. He's a, can- he's a congressional candidate out of Pennsylvania 8, uh, running for Congress. And, you know, Donald Trump's going to need help over there. And, 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 and what, what does Joe Biden call it? Scrappy Scranton or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> Joe Biden calls... Joe, unfortunately, Joe Biden calls Scranton his home, but he hasn't lived here since he was like seven years old. Like, come on, man, really? Yeah. So, so where can people reach out to you? Do you have Facebook? Do you have a website where people who are in Chicago or throughout the country who are listening um, can uh, reach out to you? Absolutely. So we have uh, social, all, all social media platforms, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Earl for Congress. Uh, our Instagram is actually Earl Granville for Congress. Or you could even talk to me directly at facebook.com slash Granville Earl. Or my Instagram handle is just Earl Granville. By all means, if you have any questions at all, feel free to reach out. I would love to chat. Earl Granville, congressional candidate for Pennsylvania. Hey, thanks so much for joining Black and Right. And please, um, tell your friends about the show. Share the broadcast. Uh, I'll make sure I, I send you this as well. Share the stream. All right, that, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Earl Granville. Absolutely, John. Hey, Jameson, if you're listening, thanks a bunch, dude. Take care, gentlemen. We appreciate it. All right. Take care, buddy. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. We need good people running for Congress, man. It's so much. It's so hard to find good people to run. And that guy's story sounds amazing, you know, when you look at it. So, hey, guess what? We're taking a break. While we do, head to Black and Right Facebook page. Give us a like and tell us what you think of the show. We'll be right back with the CJ. CJ. CJ Pearson. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Alongside my guest co-host, Anthony Anderson, who's has his beard is so much bigger and longer than mine. I'm a little jealous right now, Anthony. <laughs> so, um, you have to have been sleeping under a rock. And even if you were sleeping under a rock, I'm sure you still have heard this next clip. Cough, Daddy. It's frozen. Okay. Well, you know, there was a certain candidate who's running for uh, president on the Democrat side. He uh, basically... uh, Wait, wait, Anthony, let me ask you this question, right, Anthony? Did you wake up surprised to find out that you were... Not black because you support Trump. Well, it, it was it was it was sort of a a wake up call to what I was used to by a lot of the Democrats. It's like they want to tell you how to think, when to think, and what to think. And when they tell you that you're not black, you're not black. And so it, it's amazing to me how someone like Joe Biden think he can make a comment like that and, and still feel comfortable in doing so. But what it, what it shows to me is this: Joe Biden is a lot more out of touch with reality than what he thinks. And while that was probably more what his, his, his comments were probably more, you know, doable, probably not even a decade ago. Nowadays, the younger generation, they don't understand comments like that. Right. Whereas people like me and you, you know, we probably say, yeah, he's probably saying what he said, but he probably is taking it out of context. But younger, the younger generation, uh, they can care less what he's saying and what he's doing. And like they said, what have you done for me lately? 
And so that now that's the enviable position that they find themselves in today. And so just like when uh, the president was in a news conference the other day with the cabinet, one of the reporters was saying, hey, listen, uh, what, uh, what have you done specifically for the black community? I think the same question needs to go to uh, Joe Biden yes. at this point. Yes. Joe Biden, what have you specifically done for the black community? So, Anthony, so, so this is what Joe Biden said. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black, poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. It's personal, and I was actually very, it was hurtful. I would have to ask black voters a question like, you know, why do the old white men, you know, who have the most racist legislation towards black people? So, Anthony, joining us by phone is a, is a young man that I've been following for quite some time. He's been in this conservative movement for a very long time, and he's just, He's just graduating high school, and I, I, I really thought he was out of high school. And, you know, he's uh, C.J. Pearson is one of the leading voices among young conservatives across the country. He's an entrepreneur and founder of President of Last Hope USA, an organization committed to the preservation of Americans' founding ideals. He's graduating this year, and guess what? He will be attending the University of Alabama in the fall. Roll tight! C.J. <laughs> Pearson, welcome to Black and Right. Roll time. It's a pleasure to be here, John. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you so much. Hey, you know, I, I, I saw your video on, 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 I think it was Twitter, and I said to myself, I got to call him. I got to see if I can get him. And, I, you know, I got late last night, and then you responded right away. So I really appreciate you for coming on. But, CJ, I mean, when it, did you wake up to feeling like, wait a minute, I, I'm no longer black? And, and, and I'm sure you and I both know, and along with Anthony, we're black. We're all, all three of us are black. I'm ish. I'm blackish. Uh, I've been told. Um, but we've had to defend ourselves against these type of conversations, at least me, 20-something years for me, when I first came out that I was a Republican, um, that I'm not black enough. We always have to fight back against that, that we're not black enough. I, I mean, I'm sure you face that, correct? Yeah, you're completely right. But the difference is, though, is that I'm used to hearing that from black liberals, right? And, and, and so when I woke up yesterday morning, and, and it was told by a 70-something-year-old white man that I'm not black because I don't <laughs> like him, because I don't support him, uh, oh, that was news to me. I had to look in the mirror. I had to look in my skin, and it, it turns out I am still, yeah, a black, a black young man in America. <laughs> but, you know, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I, get, and, and, and I think we need to be forthright in the way we talk about this and just call it what it is. It, it's literally racism. This yeah. is a white man telling black people that if you do not think the way that I tell you to think, you are not black. You are not. How does Joe Biden get to tell me that I am not black? Now, that is <laughs> I, 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 when I was making that video, I really had to like pause and really think, like, what do I even say to this? Like, this is absurd. Now, CJ, what, what are some of your peers saying about the situation? Uh, because you come up from a different demographic, a different age group. So, so what, are, what are they saying in regards to this issue about Joe Biden? Just, you know, and it kind of goes to what, what Anthony just mentioned is like, what have you done for us lately to speak with such entitlement about the black vote? You know, a lot of my friends, you know, they're my age. They're not necessarily the biggest fans of Trump. I have a pretty diverse friend group in that sense. Um, but, and they're first time voters, just like I will be in this upcoming election, but they're really confused as to what Joe Biden has done for them. That makes them think that he not only deserves the black vote, but owns the black vote. But what I will say is that they were really amused about the fact that Donald Trump has literally already in less than 24 hours, but 
you ain't black on a t-shirt and selling it um, in the official Donald Trump store. It made the shade room uh, last night. And I've seen so many of my friends who share it. They don't even care about yeah. politics. They're so apolitical. Um, but uh, the Trump campaign is definitely owning this moment. So a huge credit to them. For that. And, and, I, and I, I think uh, Katrina, uh, <laughs> Katrina Pearson sent, sent me an email about it. I'm like, okay. Mm. I mean, they capitalize because it, I mean, it, it is really a dumb Stupid comment. Hey, CJ, um, I, can I, 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 can I hold you over on the break? Because I got a surprise for you. Somebody's going to be joining yeah, us. No Somebody's going to be joining us. A good friend of yours who wanted to call in. Uh, he'll be calling in and we'll have a conversation with CJ Pearson and this surprise guest. I don't want to say who it is. You probably know <laughs> who it is. I'm sure I you don't probably know. I'm excited. Though. <laughs> <laughs> but, but when I, when I, when I called this individual, they were like, oh, uh, I, I'm coming on. I got to talk about this Joe Biden. Um, uh, comment and statement that he said about blacks. I mean, it was just the dumbest, stupidest comment I've, I think I've ever heard politically. But, you know, that's, I'm neither here nor there. Hey, we'll be right back. We're taking a break. Share the link. Follow me at J. Anthony Speaks on Facebook and Twitter. You're listening to Black and Right on AM560 Answer. And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony. On AM560, the answer. In order for us to vote for Biden, we can't be taken for granted like we always are because we're supposed to be Democrats or because people are afraid of Trump. It's whoever's going to take care of our community, whoever wants to make a deal, it's, it's business at this point. You know, we can't trust politicians, you know, so we want to know very clearly, just like Trump made it clear that he wanted to build a wall. Biden needs to make it clear that he's going to change the lives and quality of life of black and brown people. Else he can't get the vote. I will hold the vote hostage if I have to. There you have it. Sean Puffy Combs. He's not P. Diddy to me. Sean Puffy Combs saying that he's going to hold the vote hostage. Hey, you listening to Black and Right. John Anthony. My guest co-host today is Anthony Anderson. Uh, if you if you were listening before the break, we have C.J. Pearson on. Uh, I mean, just a just a dynamite young man, president, founder and president of Last Hope USA, and soon to be with the Alabama uh, uh, soon Crimson Tide of Alabama. Uh, P- C.J. Pearson, man, that must be exciting, right? Incredibly exciting. I'm looking forward to the fall. Uh, you know, COVID nineteen will. <laughs> but I'm excited. Yeah, my daughter's my daughter's graduating. She's going to Olivet um, Nazarene um, here in Illinois. So uh, cool. I, I I know the feeling, and it's uh, I can't believe she's 18. But remember, I told I you I had a surprise for you. Yeah. So jo- joining us by phone, probably in DC, I believe, uh, is my good friend who connected us, President of Black Conservative Federation, Deontay Johnson. Deontay, welcome to Black Deontay. and White. <laughs> Joe, CJ, how are you guys? We're doing well. And, and don't forget Anthony, okay. man. Don't forget Anthony, Anthony Anderson. Anthony, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm listening in. <laughs> so we got four now, four black men on the line because we're not going to sit and take. Actually, actually, I, I hate to cut you off, but we are not black. Well, None of us on this call are black. Like, according to Joe Biden, we're just not Oh, black. I forgot. Yeah, you're right. You're right, CJ. We're, we're not black. <laughs> we're transparent. <laughs> we're transparent. Wait, as I had, the, I had a guest on uh, who's going to come on the show one day and, and guest co-host, she said, no, we're all Negroes. That's who we are. She, that, that's what she said on the show, that we were all Negroes. <laughs> I know we're not, exactly who you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> so, so, Deontay, you, you, you said you had to call in and, and, and just go off on the comment. You ain't black, right? 
listen, let me tell you something. Let me just keep it real for everybody that's watching, especially my Chicago folks. As long as I'm eating Harold's chicken, eat, going to Garrett's popcorn, eating Maxwell Street Polish, eating Italian beef, and ordering the Italian beef dipped with hot peppers and cheese, I am black, and a 77-year-old white man cannot tell me that I am not black. Yeah. Hey, hey, you don't eat the Italian beef with onions? I eat them with onions, uh. too. Uh, that's some gentrified. See, he's he's a little blackish now. He's a little blackish with that now. You you be you showing your blackish side now. (laughs) But 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 but, that's a gentrified Italian beef. It really is. But you know, Anthony, you had a question before we went to break. What is it? Yes, uh, this is for CJ. Now, now, CJ, like everything else, uh, politics Mm. is about uh, addition and not subtraction, and more of a Mm. convincing rather than converting. So, so mm-hmm. how has been? How has your role been? You're trying to uh, convince your uh, fellow peers about the error of their ways in terms of their voting. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, more specifically, the, the ones that, that, that are surround or you surround yourselves with on a, you surround yourself with mm-hmm. on a day to day basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it, it really goes to talking a lot about the results that this administration has accomplished um, over the course of the past four years. You're looking at record low black unemployment. You're looking at criminal justice reform. You're looking at one of the strongest economies we have had to date before this pandemic. Um, and, but also, too, aside from this policy accomplishments, what I'll tell you is that Donald Trump has inspired a new sense of energy uh, towards politics among young people. This is someone who is reaching young people exactly where they are through his use of Twitter and social media. And people like him. They like the fact that he is untethered and not politically correct, that he just gives it to the American people straight. You know, a lot of people like to attack him for that. I think that's a part of his appeal. And I, I think I um, that is definitely given him the opportunity to really just appear as like a savage to young people. Like people love it when he's going off on people on Twitter. You know, a lot of people, older people say that, you know, it's beneath the office of the presidency. Um, was it beneath the office of the presidency when Bill Clinton had Michael Lewinsky on his desk in the Oval Office? But you want to talk about someone's Twitter account? Like, I think it's ridiculous, but I think young people today are really aware um, of the fact that, you know, that, like we are living in a time when we need bold leadership yes. and that Donald Trump has delivered time and again. It doesn't matter um, if what he says, you know, isn't politically correct or maybe it rubs you the wrong way. He's getting things done. Um, and so when it comes to addition and subtraction, what I tell you is that um, I don't really have to worry about less subtraction because I think the Democrats are doing that well enough by themselves, talking about black people as if they're property. Um, and then continuing to push the same failed ideas that have lost them election after election. So, um, I think they're doing much of that job for me, so I appreciate that. Yeah. And, well, and, and you know, and, and just as an aside, I would like to add this to you guys. You know, I've been around again for, for the last 25 plus years in the Republican Party, and I have never seen, and I'm not, this, and you could tell me if you know, John, I have never seen so many black people whoo. in the White House in the past three years as I've seen in the last 20. Never. What do you guys think? I'm with you. Deontay? Um, no, I haven't. I haven't. I mean, well, actually, I, I, I got to say this. We got to be fair. So, so many black Republicans in the White there House. There you go. Uh, because I would say that Obama didn't do anything but host parties and have the BET pretty much have, except, he did everything except for <laughs> host the BET Awards at the White House. So he had <laughs> And he did that, there. too. They were all at the Christmas party. He, he did that, too, though, you know. So, 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 so here's a question. Here's a question. Will Joe Biden have a problem with his "you ain't black" comment? And what it, what, what you think Joe's still going to be the, the the candidate come November, or will he be pushed out? Anybody? Anybody take a so, stab at that? So 
so this is the thing. This is the thing. Um, do I think Joe Biden will have a problem? Absolutely not. Uh, he will, will he have a problem beca- winning, becoming president? Yes, because Donald Trump is going to beat the brakes off of him. But <laughs> what happens is, is that Democrats are so much in, I'm getting ready to use a Democrat term. Uh-oh. You're going to use a Democrat Uh-oh. term. There's so much in the sunken place right now Uh-oh. that they don't even care. They don't even care. Wish I had a they don't cup. care. And it, to them, it just, whoever's going to be, whoever's going to run against Donald Trump, we're going to rally against them because we don't want Donald Trump in office. We don't care who's yeah. in office. We don't care yeah. if you put a chimpanzee in the, in, in the White yeah. House. We don't want Donald Trump in the White House. And so it's not about policy. It's yeah. not about things yep. that the president has done. It's about we don't want him in the White House. And we always talk about how black yep. voters are yep. very emotional voters. They're not thinking with their heads. Mm. They're just thinking about we don't want Trump in the White House. And unfortunately, that's going to backfire. Hey, hey, yes. C- CJ, hey. where can people find you? Because um, I know you do speaking engagements. You go all across the country to speak. For sure. How can people find you? How can people request you to come out to speak and all that? What? Your Facebook, social media, uh, any social yeah, media? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah. Well, people can for sure follow me on Twitter at DCJ Pearson. They can also check me out on Instagram, that same username, at DCJ Pearson. And my website is cjpearson.org, and I look forward to connecting with you all there. But before I go, I'd love to follow up with what Deontay said. It was so true. Sure. Um, you know, I've, I've never seen so many black liberals defending a white man trying to define what blackness is. They want to call mm. us sellouts, coons, Uncle Toms, all these things. What is what they're doing? What is that called? What is that? Because I, 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 I don't know. That don't is know. a great question. And Deontay, you got 10 seconds to, I mean, 15 seconds to shout out what your social media and website, because you're doing some great work in D.C. and here in Illinois. Go ahead. Uh, BlackGOP.us, uh, BCF official underscore. You can follow us. And if you need to schedule me or whatever, just contact John. He calls me every day. <laughs> There you have it. Thanks so much for joining the show, guys. I got to have you guys back when you're here in Illinois. You're listening to Black and Right. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Joining me by phone is my good friend, Anthony Anderson. Anthony, you having fun? Yes, sir. That was a great conversation. Yeah, it was. It, it's nice. It's nice to see. It's always nice to see the young guys getting involved in uh, in politics, especially Republican Party politics. And I think uh, most blacks or African Americans have a, have a home in the Republican Party. Yes. And uh, and I'm not kidding, John. I, now is more than ever because with President Trump in office, uh, again, I have never seen so many like like the guy said, black Republicans in the White House. Yeah. It's just it just they just haven't been there, and so it's, it's good to see. The interaction going on. It's good to see that these guys are, are finally starting the conversation that you and I have started some time ago. I mean, we were having these conversations years ago, John. Yes, yes. Uh, and, 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 and so it's good to see that, that, that the momentum is building, put it that way. Yeah, and, and, and not forget, I mean, the Raquel Mitchells, the Babette Holders, the George Pearsons. I mean, people who've, who've laid a lot of sound groundwork for a lot. And But you know what? These kids, though, today, they have no chill. They come, they are, they're... I think I think when you looked at um, not us, but a lot of blacks were, have been afraid to come out and say that they were Republican or conservative or even even if they disagreed with something within the Democrat Party, they were it was it, it was you wouldn't just do it in in in, in 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 front of mixed company. Now they don't care. 
Right, right, right. You know, yeah. Like again, I was I was around when it was calling people uh, uh, Republicans, black Republicans, black rednecks. So you know, oh, that, yeah. that goes through you. How long? How long have oh, yeah. been around? Oh, dude. I mean, <laughs> again, I mean. And, and, and just to reiterate, John, it's really not. A, we, I don't hate to make it a black and white issue. It's an American issue. And as long as these issues, as long as these issues, uh, you know, are, are current in our communities, I think we should address them as such. It's just the way it works. I agree. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I just thought it was a very good conversation, and I'm so glad to see that we're in good hands with with with, with this next generation. Um, of, of people that are that, that are willing to take up the fight, you know. But you know, that's hour one, guys. Thank you so much for listening into hour one. Don't go anywhere. We got some very explosive stuff coming up. We're going to be talking with uh, Attorney Thomas Devore, who's been handling the um, Darren Bailey case. He has some good news. He'll tell us more. You listen in the black and right on AM five sixty The Answer. Go follow me Facebook and Twitter. J Anthony speaks. We'll be right back. to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Uh, if you just missed that first hour, you missed some good radio. Uh, I'm joined in, um, by phone by my good friend, Anthony Anderson. You got to check out this. If you haven't watched hour one, you got to check out, um, download the podcast, go to 560answer.com, listen to it live, go to Apple. And I guess I can say the Google store, I guess, for all you Android users to Neil. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I mean, um, Android users. Um, So, you know, I, I, you got to check out that first hour. It was really, 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 really a good uh, um, conversation about um, Joe Biden, you know, with, you know, we're not black because we don't support him and we support Trump. I, I, I you know, I, I it's just as my, well, my wife will tell you, I see my wife just joined the, the live stream. I, I mean, I promise you, I've lost so many friends. I've lost so many. Um, there's been so many arguments with people about, you know, because I'm conservative, because I'm center right, because I'm a conservative Republican, that has to stop. That has to end. We shouldn't have to defend ourselves because of our political beliefs. I should be able to have a conversation with you politically, and I may not agree with you, but we should still be able to break bread. You know, uh, we, we can we can we can we can be separate. We can we can have our our own belief systems and not be concerned about being ostracized or pushed or you know attacked even. I saw, um, what's the guy's name? Um, David, David, the guy, he, he, I forget his first name, but he's, um, one of the, one of Trump's biggest supporters. He's on Twitter. He's on Facebook. He was at an airport and some lady walked up to him and said to him, Hey, you know, you, your IQ would, would probably grow if you took that hat on because he had a Trump hat on. Really? Anderson, Anthony, can you imagine somebody walking up to you saying that? Well, you know, being as big as I am and as black as I am, I can't imagine something like that happening in a million years. But, but to your point, the bigger point, John, uh, the unfortunate part of it is the fact of the matter is people have an opposing point of view, and that's exactly what it is—an opposing point of view. We can agree to disagree on certain issues, yeah. and I'm fine with that. Even amongst our own, even amongst our own Republicans, I'm sorry. Even amongst our own Republicans, and so I'm of the mindset to where. 
you have to be able to, to disagree on, on, on issues that are near and dear to you. Uh, like we were saying during the break, uh, we can probably agree on, as Republicans, 80% of the things. And only, that's what we're going to focus on. But the 20% of the stuff that we cannot disagree on, let's just find some common ground with that 80% and move on from there. Exactly. And I, I'm fine with that as a Republican. Yeah. But for most liberals, they don't even want to agree on, on the 80%, let alone the, the anything else. So, so I guess that's the crux of the argument. Exactly. And therein lies the, the problem, actually. Yes. Therein lies the bigger problem of not wanting to have a discussion on the issues. And we can be civil about our discussions, but again, let's have a dialogue and not a monologue when it comes to these liberals or progressives or, or, or whatever they want to call themselves. Yeah. Because I'm always up for, for a, a good debate. <laughs> but, but, but that's just it. There's no more debate. There's no debate. The, the, the debate has gone out of the window because it's, it's either obey me. I just saw a shirt here. Somebody, had, I don't know who it belongs to. It might, it might belong to Dan Prof, but it has a, a, a picture of Lori Lightfoot and the word obey like they did Mike Madigan. But that's it. Obey me. You can't listen. I mean, what, listen, you don't get to say, you don't get to, to, to come back against something that I, I may disagree with you. And, and one of the things that really pissed me off this past couple of days, while these legislators have been meeting in Springfield, we had Republicans voting against a man who stood on principle, Darren Bailey, because he's the, I thought we were the party of principle. And, and, and they, 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 they shunned him. I, if if, if they sh- the Republicans should have never voted to push out, to uh, don't vote at all, vote present, walk away, don't vote for a man that's standing up on principle. I'm sorry. Well, it, I think it goes to, it, it goes to show you, uh, John, about the, the bigger problems here that we face in Illinois. Uh, the Republican Party has had issues, uh, not only national, but on a local level in terms of state Illinois politics. Republican Party, uh, they've got some issues, and if you can't stand up for your own kind, yeah. and, and, and then you're really going to have some issues. And, so that's 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 the crux of the problem right there. And, and Anthony, the fact of the matter that we tend to eat our own, exactly, and that's, and that's got to stop. And Anthony, I, I can't think of any better person to be joining the show right now than the guy who's the attorney of Representative Darren Bailey, Tom DeVore. But Tom, before you speak, I told you I got to give you your own intro. Because I think you understand this, this, this next clip that I'm going to play. You understand it better than a lot of people who stood back and hid while our rights were being snatched away. Roll it. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here... Did that little band of men so advance beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. Amen. Thomas DeVore, welcome to Black and Right. Welcome back to Black and Right. Thank you, sir. How are you today? I'm well, sir. I'm sitting in the Lake of the Ozarks with my family. Uh, getting ready to have some lunch and enjoying a little bit of freedom. How are you? <laughs> well, you know, because you're out there fighting a good fight of faith, I can I can enjoy that freedom with you. Uh, you've Thank been you. fired up, though. I've been watching your Facebook um, comp- posts all morning and uh, even all last night. So what was it that lit a fuse um, with you uh, the last couple of days? What happened yesterday? Give us an update. What happened at the court, Clay County Courthouse? And talk to us. 
the Clay County Courthouse, I've just posted, and I want everybody to read exactly what Judge McKinney said. What he said is what is 100% true, and I want you to read it. And he talks about the last time that something like this happened in our nation, there was a shot fired around the world. That's what he said. Uh Uh-oh. And and, and what frustrates me more is that we have a governor who I have been kind and I've been respectful to, and I will continue to the best of my ability, gets on television and accuses that judge of playing politics. Hey, 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 Tom, Tom, do you mind? Do you mind? So I, I have that clip. Do you mind if I play that? It's 45 seconds. I don't know if we'll finish it all, but do you mind? Because because I think it's I think it's key. I think it's important because every time I hear the governor talks about that judge, he's very smug when he talks about him, and, and he's always smug when he talks about Clay County as well. And when, and when you play that, before you do, your listeners need to remember that the governor is a licensed attorney in the state of Illinois, and he is take the same oath that I took, and we don't criticize judges just because they make a decision we don't agree with. So keep that in mind as you play it. All right, here you go. The same Clay County Circuit judge who called your coronavirus restrictions unconstitutional is hearing a lawsuit today that could overturn your executive order statewide. Considering this is Memorial Day weekend, what options do you have in the event the judge does strike down your order, and do you worry a defeat in court could signal to everyone that it's a free-for-all? Now, it's clear that the judge in Clay County has his own political agenda. Um, I, I can also say that the decision in that court, if it goes against us, uh, really only applies to Clay County because it's been decided already in uh, Cook County Court. It's been decided already in Sangamon County Court, uh, upholding my ability to issue disaster proclamations and executive orders associated with a disaster in the state of Illinois. Uh, attorney, what say you? <laughs> What say I is two things. One, it's tactless of the governor to attack a judge. Not only as a person, the governor shouldn't do that. As a licensed attorney, he should never do that. That that is not something out of our rules for professional conduct. I would say those other court cases that he's talking about were merely temporary restraining orders, which are not rulings on the merit. Did we lose So to use that as political theater to suggest that any court has found that is ridiculous. He's using that as, as a way to ghost you know, or, or gaslight our citizens into thinking something that's not true. But I'm more frustrated with the fact, again, he's licensed like the rest of us. He took an oath to the judicial system. And under no circumstances do we ever criticize a judge because we disagree with his opinion. Judge McKinney didn't give my client everything he wanted yesterday, even exactly. though he gave him some relief. I do not. I would never in my career or ever criticize a judge because they disagreed with me personally or my client. And to do that as the governor, well, again, it was tactless, and I'm disappointed in it. Well, one of the biggest reasons is because there's, there's no other pushback um, to, to, to stop him from doing something like that. Because, I mean, I mean, did you hear anybody come out and say, hey, governor, come on, can we, can we have this more a cordial conversation instead of saying that this judge's conversation or his comments are about politics? And the reason, and, and, and again, my, I believe the reason to be is because all of this, John, all of the enforcement mechanisms, and the judge even spoke to it yesterday, where we're trying to use administrative agencies and wield their power to intimidate our business owners and our citizens wow. into, you know, conforming to this executive order. And the judge said it best. The executive order is not a law. Right. Hey, hey, Tom, law. hey, hey attorney, me. attorney. Um, hold yep. the line. Uh, we'll come back after the break and we'll continue with attorney Thomas DeVore 
who's representing Representative Baron da- Dar- Darren Bailey. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Hey, you've dialed up Black and Right with me, John Anthony, your host, alongside my guest co-host, Anthony Anderson. We're talking, we're taking your calls. We want to hear, we want to know what you think about what Attorney DeVore is saying about this Darren Bailey lawsuit. Hey, John. Yeah? You know, I, I as your producer, I never really uh, put my foot down on anything, Uh-oh. but uh, let's let's have a new rule now. No singing. No singing. No Come singing. on. The no. dog lets me sing. No singing. Pete lets me sing. The, the, I'm not Pete. Okay, I won't say anymore. My wife says the same thing. My wife says the same thing. We, we, but before the break, we were talking with attorney Thomas DeVore. Uh, he was giving us an update on um, the court case that happened in Clay County. He was talking, also talking about you know uh, Governor Pritzker, who's an, uh, a practicing attorney, uh, basically slamming a sitting judge that he has a case before. So, um, attorney, I, I'm, this, it just doesn't sit well with me what's happening in our country. And I'm just so grateful that you're on that line fighting. I really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. So Anthony, what you got okay. something for the, the attorney? Yes. Yes. Uh, for, it is, uh, for attorney DeVore, uh, this has got to be uh, disheartening to say the least, as you stated, uh, both of you guys are attorneys. You both have res- fiduciary responsibilities, especially the, the, the governor has a larger fiduciary responsibility to the people of the, of the state of Illinois. And so when he's making these statements, uh, or misstatements as it relates to these executive orders or his, his lack of authority under state statutes. Um, what, what, what comes, what's the first thing that comes to mind with this, this issue? You know what, there's a lot of things that come to issue with that. And you bring up a good point. That's not something that's not a lot within our people is that the attorney general being a licensed attorney had is an elected official who took an oath to, re- to represent the interests of the people of the state of Illinois, not just the governor. So I'm not opining on that. Uh, I, I think that's something that will come at a point in time in the future. But, but I would like the people to continue to ask themselves, is the attorney general who we elected to office, uh, uh, what's their position on this? And how are they, you know, you know 100% taking the side of the, of the governor's office so when there's a fair question on the other side of that, and I think that the attorney general ought to be uh, asked to answer that question from everybody. So those fiduciary obligations, just for the governor, I think they also lie with the attorney general's office. Anthony, thank you. Yeah, that, that, that answered pretty much. So, 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 Thomas, I, how many clients are you up to now? Uh, Two hundred business owners that we're working on getting open. We've got over a hundred. 30 or 40 of them successfully opened. We're in almost 50 counties getting businesses open. And of those 50 counties, only two boards of health would be Henry County and Champaign County have objected trying to say that my client is a health risk. 40 some counties are not taking an issue with that. So these low, and this is what's important, guys. These local boards of health, these local government officials aren't objecting. So what do we see in response to that? We see the governor's office wields this licensing agencies trying to threaten businesses with their licensure. And I would ask those administrative agencies who really need to be put on notice. You better read real close what the Department of Justice just said in Darren Bailey's case. Uh, that read was my next close. one. Yes. Because, because the Department of Justice made it real clear. Not only did they agree with me, 
they're pointing to the fact, and what they're saying is there's civil rights liabilities out here. And guess what? Administrative agencies, Liquor Control Commission, Department of Professional Regulation, there is no immunity for a public official if you violate somebody's federal. So I'm asking them, you better tread carefully when you start trying to threaten these people with their life. He said it yesterday, too, gentlemen. Read his words closely I will. that I've already published. He points out to that, too. You are intimidating people and threatening their livelihoods because they are not wanting uh, to remain closed if their local boards of health don't want them closed. Judge said it clear, and the Illinois Supreme Court authority is clear. An executive order is not a law, gentlemen. It's not a law. You can't be intimidating people with their livelihoods to get them to conform to something that's not a law. That's what the Department of Justice is suggesting. That's what attorney or uh, what uh, Judge McKinney said. And on behalf of my clients, that's what I'm saying. And, and you know what? You know what, um, Attorney DeVore? I, I've, I've seen so many Facebook posts of businesses, you know, getting on there, just heartbreaking stories about having the clothes and losing, you know, Decades of, of businesses. These businesses have been in, in business for decades and they have to close. And, and I've been on, you know, as you, you've been following me, I've been telling them, guys, you can open your business. Get you an attorney and get your business open. It, it's, it's fear. That's what it is. And then again, I, I don't anybody do anything like that. What I tell them is, look, you think that Liquor Control Commission, and you think the Department of Professional Regulation can take your license, I'm telling you, I will stand there and I will fight them because, in my professional opinion, they cannot take your license. But you know what? They're scaring people. Yes. And people are, are, are not wanting to fight in courtrooms. And the biggest story that we have of all of this disaster for the last two months is the executive branch wielding that intimidation over our people trying to... Yeah. Hey, hey, Attorney DeVore, is this the, the reason why I played that that Reagan clip? Is this that America that Reagan spoke about so many decades ago, though, that it, we want? We, it is. It's exactly what it is. We are only a generation away at any time. And here's the thing. Tyranny does not come to our land by a, a black horse and a man wanting to do us harm. It comes under a man on a white horse wanting to protect us from everyone. That's where tyranny comes from. That's what's in front of us right now. And that's why I'm trying to help fight as much as everybody to show them that this is not the American way. It's not the America that we founded 200 some years ago. We make the rules. One man sitting on a throne does not make the rules. And we have to remind our children of that. We have to remind every one of these kids watching. This is how. You there? There you go. Attorney, I think we might have lost the attorney. Yep, I can hear you. I can hear you great. Yeah, I think we lost the attorney. But but Anthony, I mean, I mean, <laughs> think about yeah, you know it, it, his words. Uh, oh, there he is. There he is. There he is. He's back. Oh, I'm okay. back. Sorry, guys. No, Anthony, you had a question for the attorney. No, no, I was just saying. You know, I really do appreciate uh, all the effort and all the work that he's doing to, to pull a cover off some of these officials, these elected officials who have who, who have. Uh, pretty much said that they're kings rather than servants of the people of the state of Illinois. And so I really like to applaud the, the, the attorney uh, for, for, for doing a yeoman's work. I mean, because if it, if it was for, for, for people like him, then, then, then stuff like this will happen more often. So, uh, again, uh, we really do appreciate all the work that you've done, all the work that you continue to do on behalf of the people of the state of Illinois. It's the only reason I'm doing it. Thank you, gentlemen. Hey, 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 Attorney DeVore? Yes. 
just one one quick thing. How just just how huge and how important is the DOJ stepping into this case with Darren Bailey? What does that mean? How, why is it important, and how does it affect um, everyday Illinoisans? I think it's significant because the federal government has now come by presenting themselves in this case. Not only are they saying, wait a second, this is not a federal issue, Governor Pritzker. You're running to the federal government into federal court. He said he was down in the Lake of the Ozarks. We we agree with what Mr. Bailey and his lawyer are saying. And by the way, if that's true, there's significant significant federal civil rights violations being uh, waged against the citizens of Illinois. That is huge, and it's going to give our people confidence for them to stand up for themselves and say, you know what, we the people are in charge of this state, which is how it was set up 200 years ago. And you, Governor, you are a servant of the people. You aren't in charge. We're in charge. And I think the federal government is giving them that courage. Ah, There you have it. Attorney Thomas DeVore, how can people find you? Uh, you got contact number. You, do you have a website, social media? Because I'm sure there, Lake, I, mean, I know Silver, that there are a lot Silver of people. Lake Law. What is it? Silver Lake Law. SilverLakeLaw.com is our website. They can email me at Devore Law Office 1776. Like that year, gentlemen, at gmail.com. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Attorney Thomas Devore, thanks so much again, once again, for joining right. Black and Right. You are Anytime. a treasure. You and the, and the, and the, um, uh, the Edgar County Watchdogs are awesome. Thank you. God bless you, gentlemen. Have right. a good weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Right, you too. Bye. Dude, we got to fight. We got to fight. We, 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 we can't just sit, sit back and allow government to dictate how we live. That's not how that works. That's not how that works in a constitutional republic. Right? Well, you're absolutely right, John. If you don't stand up for anything, they'll, they'll arrive over for everything. So that's, that's, it's good to know that there are people still out there that are standing for the rule of the law, especially in the state of Illinois, where you, you have a lot of elected officials who think that, you know, they, they really don't serve the people. Yes. And when they get that, that mindset, uh, there's nothing out of their reach at that point. There you go. Hey, guess what? Coming up next, we'll be talking to Anthony Del Medico. He started the, um, uh, the Memorial Day rally coming up on Monday. You listen to the Black and Right. We'll be right back. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Joining me today as my guest co-host is Anthony Anderson. Wait, I should say retired Anthony Anderson, right? Come on. <laughs> oh, you, you haven't quite retired. You're not there yet. Right, 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 right. My age. My age was preventing me from doing that. That's not it. <laughs> wait, wait. Are you telling me you old now? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be 50 here next month. Oh, so you know, it is what it is. Has your AARP card come in the mail yet? <laughs> oh, uh, no, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> All right, AARP. What are you guys doing? Anthony needs his card. I don't know what's going to go. What's, what's going to go now? So, Anthony, I'm, I'm sure you've seen, like, all these rallies that have been going around. Uh, throughout the country. Uh, I know a good friend of mine, Brandon Harris, Freedom Movement USA has been doing it. Reopen Illinois, they've been doing it. American Revolution 2.0, they've been doing it. Our next guest um, is an individual who went to a rally in Arizona. Now, he's a, he's a I, I believe he used to live here in Chicago. But you know what? I think the cold weather chased him away. So, you know, you know, it got a little cold. 
So he went to a warmer climate and left us all here in Illinois. Um, I, he's been, he's a, he calls himself uh, a, a bootstrap serial entrepreneur. He is CEO to several successful multi-million dollar companies he founded. He's also a disabled veteran. That's so, I love to hear that, who served overseas in the first Gulf War. Anthony, welcome to Black and Right. How are you, buddy? Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about this interview. You and I, we talked on my way in today, and I've been talking to Gianna, your communications person, and I'm, I'm, I, I'm just really stoked about what it is you're, you're trying to do. So explain what is going to happen on well, Memorial Day near Buckingham Fountain. Yep. Why, is that, why is that important? Yep, I'm here now. I'm here now right in front of uh, Buckingham Fountain uh, down here at Grand Park, enjoying the fresh air. So we're hosting a Memorial Day rally on Monday, May 25th, noon to 2 p.m. You know, to honor the fallen for freedom, it's Memorial Day. Uh, you know, 1.4 million soldiers lost their lives, gave their lives, died. This thing we call America freedom in the Constitution. So this isn't a political, I'm not a member of a political party. Right. More of just about being American. I'm a, you know, I'm a veteran, I'm a disabled vet, now a business owner. I just feel like, you know, this thing, the way this thing went down the last two to three months, uh-huh violated the constitutional rights of 333 million Americans. Um, the virus is real for a very small percentage of the population, but um, if you look back in history, the constitutional rights of people, freedom of speech, freedom to assemble, right to assemble, freedom of religion, the right to express uh, grievance to your government, which is all First Amendment, that's what those guys died for. And if we can't, on Memorial Day, <laughs> if we can't gather and pay tribute, for the fallen soldiers for everything this country stands for, there's a problem. There's a fundamental problem with that. And uh, that's what we're here for. And I think, um, you know, we came here. I, 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 I lived here for 10 years. I had a business here. Okay. Um, I, moved to Arizona. I moved to Arizona. You're yeah. right. It got warmer. <laughs> <laughs> In the first rally, I'm not really a rally-type guy. I just went to film. I do a lot of filming now. And I have an online marketing company. And we wouldn't film the Arizona rally. And I was moved because it wasn't just what the news portrays. There's a lot of right-wing... Mm. You know, flag waving, gun coding, but they don't. But what they did show is a couple thousand everyday American citizens, Democrats, Republicans, nurses, teachers, people with kids, want to bring their kids back to parks, want to get their kids back to school, they want their jobs, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they were there in Arizona, and I was so moved by it when we filmed it. I decided to uh, produce this documentary called Unconstitutional, and I uh, left my office. That, you know, my office kind of runs by itself sometimes. <laughs> Went on this journey up through uh, the Midwest to capture the stories of the actual American citizens that are affected by, you know, what I call the unconstitutional lockdown of America. How many rallies do you think, hey, hey, Anthony, how many rallies do you think you've been to? I've only been to about three. You've attended three? I was, I, yeah, I wasn't an organizer. I wasn't a member. I wasn't, I wasn't waving flags. I was just there to uh, get the stories of people there to, to see what the stories were. Yeah. Hey, hey Anthony, 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 you know what I love? You know what I love about and I want to I want to make this a point because I think it's an important uh-huh. point. I love what you said. I'm not a I'm not a, a Republican or Democrat. Mm-hmm. I'm not political. I, I think so many times the news media, when they see rallies like this, they only focus it towards uh, especially a, a, a rally about freedom. They only focus it towards, you know, far right or, or, or anybody that's on the right side of the aisle. And they never. And, and you your point is this isn't about. Republican or Democrat. This is about freedom. This is about reminding people of what what those soldiers paid, what price they paid. And I thought that was really key. Can you can you tune in? You got forty seconds in this segment. Can you tune into that real quick? Yeah, I mean it's it's 
what I saw was, you know, it's it's not a party line thing. I'm not, you know, it's 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 affecting. The, look, the Constitution is the fabric of freedom in this country. And quite honestly, until I read the, the First Amendment again, you know, everybody likes to talk about the constitutional rights. Yeah, if you actually read them, there's a reason the forefathers put that, at, you know, in writing. Um, freedom of speech, right to assemble, all that stuff. Because if you ever do disagree with the government, I mean, what happens when the next virus pandemic happens? So the next yeah. governing agency comes up with a reason. Just like that, a flip of a switch, you lock everybody up at home, tell them they can't go to work, you can't go out and, and, and exercise free speech, right to assemble. I mean, just like that, our constitutional rights were, were, were clicked off. Yeah. And that can't happen again. And I think that affects every American. It doesn't matter what party you are, what color you are. Uh, you know, the civil rights movement in the 60s. Yeah. On up to the recent LGBT, whatever your deal is, that right. constitutional right is the fabric of each group organization needs to uh, utilize to be a free American citizen. Right. Hey, Anthony, you know when I mean? we come back from the break, we're going to delve more into the rally, the, who's coming to speak, and we also I want to really get into more about the unconstitutional documentary that you're doing. Hey, uh, you're listening to Black and White on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. We'll be right back. We now return to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. My guest co-host today is a good friend, buddy old pal, soon to be retired, soon to receive his AARP card, Anthony Anderson. <laughs> Thanks a lot, John. <laughs> I'm six years away from that, brother, so I, you know, I don't have to worry about that. So if you're just joining us, um, right before the break, we were talking with Anthony, um, uh, who's started a business called E2. Oh, it's it's called the E2 Movement. You can find him on Facebook. Um, He's created, uh, along with my good friend, Catherine Ballard from Reopen Illinois, they teamed up together to produce a a, um, Memorial Day rally down by the, I keep, I, I Buckingham Fountain. How did I forget Buckingham yep. Fountain? Who can forget <laughs> Buckingham Fountain? But I'm looking at this this roster of people that you're going to have come speaking. I mean, Eric Wynn, Purple Heart recipient. Uh, I'm looking at Catalina Loft, uh, who just ran for Congress here. Uh, I'm looking at Darren Bailey, uh, senatorial candidate Mark Curran. Carol Davis. Carol, I mean, Carol is awesome, let me tell you. She is, like, awesome. And Michael Gerber. I mean, that's that's a pretty, pretty, pretty huge um, speaking um, uh roster you have there how'd you go about getting all these people well we you know we, i just did a i just did a huge conference a couple months ago right before the virus pandemic broke out with uh gerber and then robert o'neill former navy seal you know man who killed osama bin laden you know, this, oh, wow. this had nothing to do with but yeah that movie this movement it was a conference for business owners so i started like gerber i asked him to come out and see if you were now he's 84 years old but, you know, he's the author of the EMF. He's, mm-hmm. he's a small business expert. And he has, a, you know, everybody has an angle about how they feel about this. I think everybody's a little different. Uh-huh. You know, mine's not political. It's about the Constitution. You know, right. there's some politicians on there. You know, some, a lot of my Republican. I wish some Democrat, I wish some Democrat politicians because so, I, so I, I you, have to believe that. So you're sending a call out to Democrats to come join the show. I mean, come join Absolutely. and you, you, you'll give them a Absolutely. platform. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's not a party line thing. Meaning everybody should be for the fallen. And everybody should be for the Constitution, doesn't matter what side of the party line you're on. And I just have to, we haven't had anybody approach us um, except uh, more of the Republican type candidates. But I'd love to get some uh, Democratic uh, Democratic candidates uh, or, or politicians to say a few words, whatever, whatever that may be. I mean, our documentaries yeah, you know, have all sides' opinions, you know? Yeah, and you know, as in the past, uh, the only problem is the Democrats are only for the Constitution when it's convenient for their causes. And so if this, this, this call right here, 
really crosses party lines. And it, it really does go to the, the, the fact that, you know, we're all Americans. We're, this, this, this affects us all. So it's, it's in your best interest to take a stance now because, I mean, when there are no more Republicans left, what are you going to do? You know, at that point, what are you going to do? If there, once all the good people are gone, what are you going to do? So at this point, people need to re- wake up and realize that, hey, listen, this isn't a re- really a Republican or Democrat issue. This is, a, this is an issue about freedom, uh, freedom for freedom-loving people in this country, period, yeah. no matter where you stand. True. Yeah, we, 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 I would welcome any, any uh, I would like to come say a few words. I think it's, uh, look, we got uh, uh, Stephen Moore, I guess he's an economic advisor. Oh, yeah, Stephen, yeah. Uh, coming out from the White House. Yes. You know, Michael Gerber, we got a pastor. Uh, you know, his angle is, is freedom of religion. There's, you know, people couldn't go to church the last two, three months, and now they're opening up churches across the uh, country. Uh, so everybody has a different angle of the Constitution. I, mean, I don't think it's a party line thing. I think it's an American thing. It is. And, uh, you know, some politicians there. We have some, uh, we have a, a war vet, combat war vet, local Illinois resident, uh, who I talked to last night. He's a four, you know, the Bronze Star, Purple Heart. Great, fabulous, fabulous story. You know, wounded, wounded vet. He said the same thing to me he asked me last night. He's, he was unsure if he wanted to come because I'm not a political person. He's kind of a quiet guy. Right. He said, but uh, I believe in the Constitution. I believe, I believe in those soldiers that died for that. And he's like, I want to. I want to come up and say a few words. Hey, Anthony. But he wanted to make sure he wanted to make sure it wasn't political. So I told him I feel the same way. Yeah. Hey, Anthony. Let's talk more about the documentary because I, I think I think I think it's it's important that people really grasp what you're trying to do. Um, because I mean, because to your point, I don't know if anybody's ever. I don't know if anybody has grasped what has happened throughout this whole pandemic. So why is it? What are you? What are you trying? What message are you trying to send through that unconstitutional the documentary called Unconstitutional? Yeah, yeah. Well, it goes back to that Arizona rally because you know. So last year, I, I started a uh, a reality show for the, in the contracting industry called Co- Contractor Rescue. You know, we staffed up our videography department, the film department. So I've been moving more into the filming area, which is, which is not my background. Yeah, but I was I went down there just to film that for fun, the Arizona rally, see what was going on. I was, and I, like I said earlier, I was so moved that. It was everyday American citizens, and they're all there for the same thing. It was the First Amendment. And, uh, you know, they stormed the Capitol. 2,000 people stormed the Capitol. Not in a violent way. They stormed it to, to you know, they want to they go back get their jobs, open up, you know, open up Arizona, all that. But I was moved that it was such a, uh, you know, it was everyday American citizens. So I decided right there and then to, to turn that into a documentary. There's a trailer out right now. Surely welcome to watch it. Uh, uh, a five-minute trailer on, on the beginning of the journey. Okay. And as we went through uh, central, you know, most of uh, Midwest America here, it's the same story there over and over again. And then, you know, we made the final destination here in Chicago. I had a baby boy born here <laughs> three days ago. <laughs> oh, wow. So I was coming here anyway. I was coming here anyway. I've been here for a couple of weeks. Hey, hey, Anthony. And I just thought. Anthony, so yeah. when is the march? When is the rally? Can you give out specifics? Yep. Where, do people have to sign up for it? Is there a website for it? We we have forty seconds. Yeah, it's it's right here, Buckingham Fountain, uh, Grant Park, right across from Lake Michigan, downtown. It's plenty of parking, underground parking, and two parking lots located on our event page. Okay. Um, probably a couple thousand people here. We have a line of about fifteen speakers. There's probably gonna be a lot of police presence. I already talked to the commander of uh, Cook County Police, but they're there to protect the constitutional rights and, and, and maintain safety and order. So it's gonna have plenty of security. And uh, I think it'd be a great event to pay, to pay tribute to the fallen. There you go. 
Anthony Del Medico, thanks so much for calling in um, to Black and Right. I, I'm sure there's some, uh, I have a lot of other reasons I can bring you back on this show. So when everything opens up, you got to come here and sit here in this studio <laughs> and we can converse face to face. How about that? About, we can talk about more, we can talk about business stuff. In the <laughs> All right. Anthony Del Medico okay. from E Squared. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, you listening to Black and Right on AM560 Answer. We'll be right back. Black and Right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560 Answer. I want to sing so bad, but George just told me I can't sing. Um, you listen, I'm John Anthony, host of the show. My good friend, Anthony Anderson, is joining me by phone. It's non-negotiable. Okay. All right. I can't wait till Doug come back in. <laughs> Uh, hey, you know what? Uh, I, I I thought, you know, because we got Memorial Day coming up um, and from Chicago, you have a great question. Why are we keeping veterans and volunteers from decorating graves? And welcome to Black and Right. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, I enjoyed your uh, interview with uh, Dr. Kobaba last week, too. Thank you. Yeah, I was wondering why the socialists, socialism, they want to close the churches. Uh, they, want, uh, they want to erase everything from our memory. But... Uh, uh, decorating the graves. Uh, mm. I, I, I'm glad that somebody took took it up in his, his in his own heart, and he he decided to decorate it on himself. I'm glad that somebody did it. Hey, hey, Anne, can I may, may, may I pose a question? Um, you, you, yeah, you can sure. say shut up if, if you don't want to answer it. But have you ever seen anything like this in all of the years of of no, all the, the twenty one years? You've no, been... no. Uh, that's what I said. We got a taste of socialism, and this election is going to be twenty-one very... years. All twenty-one years of your living, have you? You've never seen anything like no, this. No, I've never seen anything like this before. No, I've never seen anything like this before, and uh, uh, I understand it why they're doing it, but uh, I've never seen this. Be- I never saw socialism before. I never saw communism before. So uh, we got a taste of it. These people, uh, you have to pronounce the, you have a uh, pronouns of this and that and he, she, then the, uh, that they, they, they do, but uh, they they won't decorate the flag, they, they won't decorate the grades. So uh, yeah, we had a congresswoman who said that um, she'll go in and put them, put put it put it on for you. What type of asinine comment is that? Who who would even allow this person to say something as stupid I, as that? I, I know that uh, and. Uh, Oh, so we got to wear masks. We decorate the graves. Oh, the Boy Scouts always decorated the graves at every yeah. cemetery. Uh, they can't do it this year. No, uh, but that's ridiculous. I mean, what are we forgetting our, ourselves, our heritage? Yeah. What, what are we doing? Well, and so we have to remember the fallen. And, and, yes. and the, I wanted to date the unknown soldier. Amen. And thanks so much for calling Black and Right. Thanks for being a listener. Please continue to listen. Tell everybody you know about the show. Thanks so much for joining us. So, you got a minute. Final thoughts, Anthony? Uh, well, thanks. Uh, I would say thanks, John, for giving me the opportunity to speak with you. It's been good to talk to you again. It's been a while. We need to catch up more later. Uh, but it, it really is exciting to see uh, young people being engaged in the political process. It's good to see that people are being engaged in the process downtown Chicago with all these it's just the revolutionary movements that's going on. And, and this is what people need to know and people need to see that, hey, listen, we're not just going to stand around and lay around and accept anything from our government. And so with that being said, hey, listen, keep up the good fight, keep up the engagement, and again, thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, you know what, and, and, and I didn't even talk about what was really going on down in Springfield today for good reason, because uh, I'm I'm, I don't think I could last 
tw- 10 minutes talking about what's happening. But I will talk about it um, next year. I mean, next year, <laughs> next next week. I'm definitely going to talk about, dope. you ain't black. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely going to You talk, ain't black. <laughs> I'm definitely going to talk about it next week. Because because I, I think I think what's happening down in in, 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 in Springfield is just a travesty. I think um, more people really need to get engaged. And you know, you got you got people who are serving down there saying there's nothing they can do. There is something you can do. You can go and get out there and speak at some of these rallies. You can you can encourage the people that are putting their lives on the line, go out there and speak. And you can and you can also when people are saying that these 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 rallies are all about uh, Hitler and all that, you can correct that because everybody knows that that's not what this, these rallies are about. These rallies are about freedom. These rabbi, ra- rallies are about liberty. People are tired. People want to be let go. That's the truth. You're listening to Black and Right. I'm getting heated. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. Tune in next week. We're going to have another great show. Hey, never forget, it's okay to be black and right. I'm John Anthony. Anthony, I want to thank all my guests today. See you next week.